Okay. <clears throat> here's the here's the intro. Are you ready? Okay. I'm telling you, man. Seth Rogen, he turns himself into a pickle. Funniest shit I ever saw. That's it. That's the joke. That's that it. meme. Hi, that like copy pasta about. I'm McMurray and I'm Pickle I'm, Rick. I'm Pickle Jackson McMurray and I'm Pickle Seth Rogen. <laughs> Make, what's who's your pickle soda? Mine's is Seth Rogen. <laughs> How many different pickle characters are there? Okay, Dirty we'll get into this on the meeting of the show. Hi, my name is Jackson McMurray, and this is No Nerds Allowed. <laughs> We're going to be talking about pickles a lot today. Okay, Pickle Rick. Pickle the Rick. The American Pickle. The American Pickle. Some um, other third thing. Chat, Pickle characters. Wait, is there, there a Pickle a, in Food Fight, maybe? Oh, no, he's a sea cucumber. I was thinking of the guy, Kevin, from Spongebob. He's a sea cucumber, Oh, though. you could also say, oh, oh, fucking, what's the name of the cucumber on VeggieTales? Do they just call him Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah. Wait, wait, isn't Larry Is that just his name? No, he's a cucumber. Oh, a cuke, that's right. He's what he can turn But there are pickles. Yeah, because he's the guy with the big eyebrows, he always plays the villain. He always plays... Yeah, there's the warty old guy. Oh, he's Mr. Nezzer. Because he was Nebuchadnezzar. But that's clever. You know what, VeggieTales? I gotta give it up for Mr. (laughs) Nezzer. It's like in DuckTales when they had... Scrooge for the Christmas story, but then he just continued to be Scrooge after that still. <laughs> yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm Googling pickle characters. We'll just pretend it makes sense and move on. <laughs> Where Donald Duck's uncle is just Scrooge from a Christmas story. Pickles from... Oh, Cade says pickles from Magic School Bus. I have not seen a frame of Magic School Bus. Oh, what about the the wife on the Dick Van Dyke show? Isn't her name Pickle? Yeah, her name is Pickles. Well, her name is Fiona. Okay, go ahead. She, they, she's called Pickles. <laughs> I know too much uh, about the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> <laughs> Between the two of us, you were able to come up with four Pickle characters that could be your persona. And we'll, we we'll put a chart on Twitter, Mom maybe. Mom says it's my turn um, on the Pickle-sona. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um... This week on the podcast, we're covering Wait, a brand new release. Pickle OCs, can that be a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have to be Pickle Rick, or can they just be people like the American Pickle and Seth Rogen? No, Rogan's they're like they're like, like. There's like two different like breeds, and like they're like warring factions, gotcha. and one is like the. Pickle it's like Rick, when you're making your Larry the Cucumber, and then one is like the people have been pickleified, and they're like enemies. It's right, like right. warrior cats. They're like warring. <laughs> right. I was going to say it's like making a pony sona and you like decide whether you're a, a unicorn or yeah. a pegasus or just a regular yeah. pony or whatever. I don't think they yeah. say pony sona. Is there a name for it? Oh, I should know this because I definitely had one. What was it? <laughs> I think it was just Hoof your pony sona. I think that's what it was, I guess. 
I don't think. Does anyone I want feel to like I would have heard the word pony the sona. And tell us what the word is. <laughs> something. My instinct says hoof something. No. Your hoof. A tron. Soda. Uh, your pony. Uh, your pony anyway. pal. Your. Yeah. <laughs> your pega pal. Like a pega. Uni. Corn. Probably Friend. not that. Uh, Unabuddy. <laughs> anyway. Unabomber. Unabomber. That was it. Uh, That's what it was. This week That's we are talking my, about... That's what my pony OC was. <laughs> Can we... Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to share my screen and go to like an online pony creator thing and see how much like the Unabomber we can make a pony look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be funny. Um, anyway, this week on the podcast. This week. We can't talk about politics. the Unabomber. Uh, an American Pickle, an HBO original movie by Seth Rogen and what's his name who directed it. Uh, and Seth Rogen. Bring my notes up. Seth Rogen the movie. Think... This time there's two of them. There's two Seth Rogans. Okay, first things first. And they kiss. The... They kiss? No, that happens They're in Alien They're both pickle people, Covenant. but one of them's like a pickle person, and one's like a pickle human, and they're like, it's like Romeo and Juliet. Good, yes. That's my new screenplay. Yeah. Hold on, give me just a second. <laughs> Here we go. Write that down, TM. <laughs> Why can't I find my GD Google Docs app? Ah, there it is. Um, so, uh, this movie was a movie that was originally supposed to come out in theaters, but then... You know, uh, it's one of those movies, movies that stopped. I think it's one of those movies that I think really benefits from the fact that it's not going to be in theaters, right? Like, I feel like if I saw this movie in theaters, I'd be a little bit confused and a little bit disappointed, but because I just watched it on HBO, I'm like kind of into it. Like, I like this movie, but <laughs> right, I feel like yeah. if I paid eight dollars, so... I would not like this movie. <laughs> So here's just, it's not especially relevant, but this is just a weird thing I want to talk about super quick. This movie mm -hmm. was produced by Sony, um, mm -hmm. who does, so as far as streaming services go, Peacock mm -hmm. is owned by, um, oh wait, I have this backwards, never mind. Anyway, Peacock is owned by Universal and HBO is owned by Warner Brothers. Um, gotcha. Uh, and obviously Disney Plus is owned by Disney. Um, yes. But all the other streaming services are kind of unaffiliated, except that Disney mm -hmm. has, like, majority share in Hulu. They don't, like, own it outright, but they, like, mostly own it. It's a weird thing. Weird. Anyway. Um, but the thing that's interesting to me is that there has been so much of, like... Disney, their whole Disney Plus thing is like, we are locking down the streaming rights to all our shit. It's all going to be mm -hmm. in one place forever. We're all putting but it there back are two to the Disney other... vault. Right. Um, but there are two other streaming services that are made by, that are owned by major production companies. And it's interesting mm -hmm. that those companies are still, like, swapping their movies around to other people. Like, yeah. Harry Potter, it's, what's fascinating to me is that Harry Potter 
is moving to Peacock later this month, even oh. though it's owned by Warner Brothers and was on the Warner Brothers streaming service. It's still in these companies' best interest to, like, pay each other for movies sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, Peacock is a service that's owned by a different corporation that does have their own movies, but they're like, hey, we want Harry Potter for a while. Like, if we give you, like, 300,000... Mm-hmm. Not that much. Three hundred million dollars. <laughs> is give it you cool if we have Harry Potter? You'll give us the Harry <laughs> but like, Potter. Yeah, like, is it cool if we like have Daniel Harry Potter Red for King. a while? And they're like, you know what? Sure. Like, it's it's interesting that Disney is the only people that are like locked down. We will not sell you our movies for your streaming services. They're all on yeah. here. The only revenue which we're getting is, from these is from our own service. Yeah, which is annoying if you don't have Disney Plus, but like. It's nice to know that if it's on Disney Plus, it's always going to be on Disney Plus, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's like, the biggest pitch for Disney Plus, is that it's yeah. sort of its best strength and its greatest weakness. Because, like, on the one hand, like, Netflix continues to be popular because it has that rotation. And if you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't really looked around Netflix in a few weeks, just open it up. Be like, see what's new, what left, what's, like, but then you know, you're always notice like, new I things. I want to watch freaking... Not Scott Pilgrim, the spy funny movie that we watched on the podcast. Oh, oh, I don't know. Austin Powers. I was going to say Burn like, After I want to watch the Austin oh. Powers movie. It was here a week ago, and then I go on and it's not there anymore. <laughs> right. And I'm trying to record a podcast about it, and you know. Right. Now i got to pay $4 it's like, no, to give more <laughs> money to Jeff Bezos. Disney Plus is like... <laughs> Is like me going to Target like every other week and always wanting to be like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll check the DVD section again. Maybe they got something new in stock. And I check back. And I'm like, no, it's all the same DVDs they had last week. No, no, no. It's a physical <laughs> store and nobody buys DVDs anymore, so they're not really rotating stock very much. There's it's like no you're always. It's less fun to like just click around Disney Plus because like you know what's on there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think that's fascinating that. Like, even though these companies are sort of weirdly vertically integrating themselves, they're not, like, walling themselves off or, like, making their stuff exclusive to their own thing. They're just like, yeah, you know, we've got a streaming service we're making money from, and we're also making money by selling our movies to other streaming services. And the same could be said of those other streaming services that we're competing with, you know? We're like, you know... Like, weirdly, it feels like insider trading, almost, where it's like, we're making money (laughs) off of each other and also... The regular yeah, no, way. I mean, it's I, weird. It's good. That's how we stop monopolies from being a thing. I guess that's fair. Um, anyway, American Pickle is based on a short story uh, oh. that was written by a guy who's just like a prolific sort of humorist. Just, you know, writes stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, what if uh, there was a there was a guy from the twenties and he woke up today? I think it would go a little something like this: a tippa tappa. My name is Frank. What's Let's his name? go. Um, and um, which <laughs> my my big take about this movie is that that short story was written in two thousand thirteen, uh, mm. smack dab in the middle of the Obama administration. Uh, mm. And this feels like a very Obama administration movie to me. Yeah. My biggest takeaway from this movie is that whatever it's trying to say is not applicable to anything because it's about a story about a guy who was frozen from 19... 
12 in pickle juice for 100 years. Like, it doesn't... Right. Whatever they're trying to say about cancel culture or whatever is not applicable because... (laughs) Well, see, that's the thing. I don't think this movie has, like, a succinct message. It's just more of, like, a loosey-goosey sort of, like... Oh, you know, this kind of touches on a lot of different ideas. And it's not, like, about one thing, but it, like, speaks to a handful of different things. And, like, just let it wash over you, you know? Which I kind of like. But I feel like there's a lot in this movie that has to do with, like, social politics. And I don't think Mm -hmm. the social politics of it feel outdated, but just the way in which these ideas are presented feels like a very Obama administration approach you know where Mm -hmm. we're talking about like alt-right groups i mean you know back then we didn't even have the word alt-right like you know like far right like white supremacist but not really white supremacist like covert white supremacist groups and like all that kind of thing where it's like oh you know here's a thing and it's just part of the tapestry of what America is and we don't like it but like that's just how it's always gonna be you (laughs) know we're not like super yeah, we're not, like, super conscious of that kind of thing right at that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, like, that perfect moment where it's, like, the the apex of, like, the Twitter era of politics, but before it really became what we know right now, you know? Does that make sense? Before it became, um, like... Back when you could say white supremacy is bad and everybody would agree with you, kind of? No, I think it's more like people were just more willing to ignore people being like, I think a woman's place is in the home. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, like, shut up, you know? Like, whereas now you, like, feel like you have to stamp that down a lot more vigorously than than you did in 2013, if that makes sense. Because we've seen the Um, effects of not doing that in 2013. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this um, whole this whole movie just, has a very it it touches a lot of things, and it's like I've always had that thought. Like, I, it would be really cool to show some from the past, like what life like is today. It, but whenever people have that thought, they seem to like separate politics from it. It's like, oh, look at a microwave, right. haha! Isn't that funny? And then we're gonna <laughs> right ignore when he says something something crazy and racist. And I like how this movie kind of <laughs> right, like right, yeah. Kind of bring, marries the two ideas, maybe not perfectly, but still, like, kind of brings that, right. like, idea that everybody has, yeah. like, kind of into reality. He's got, he's got multitudes, you know? It's yeah. just the reality. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because, like, part of, for, for people who don't know, this, the premise of this movie is basically that Seth Rogen in the 20s, gets, like, falls into a a pickle vat right as the factory is, like, being condemned or whatever, and he's preserved in the pickle juices for a hundred years, and he comes back in the modern day. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, hijinks ensue. Um. Yeah. Did you laugh while watching this movie? Yeah, I laughed a few times. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it, it was not... I felt like watching the trailer, it really seemed like it was going to be a comedy. And the length of the movie kind of implies that it's going to be a comedy. <laughs> right. And then I thought, like, there were definitely some moments where I exhaled through my nose. But, like, overall, it didn't seem that comedic. Honestly, I gotta it was more, ya. like, genuinely touching than it was comedic. Yeah. You know? I mean, look, okay. 
there is one joke in this movie, which is yeah. sort of the premise is that like present day Seth Rogen and past Seth Rogen meet up and they're all like, oh, hell yeah, family, this is great. But then they really quickly realize that they don't fucking get along and they kind of fucking hate each other. But like mm-hmm. old Seth Rogen starts to have success making pickles and present day Seth Rogen is like kind of trying to sabotage him and like beat him down however he can because he's just like mad at him and they like have this tete-a-tete. Yeah. Um, but there's this moment where old timey Polish Seth Rogen, I guess he's not Polish, uh, I mean, they make up a country, but I'm trying to place exactly where he's, whatever. Um, old-timey Seth Rogen is like, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, and you do this, oh, you do this as badly as a, as a Polak would do it, because Polaks are the most stupid in the world, or whatever. And then immediately, young Seth Rogen goes, you know what, how's your Twitter presence these days? <laughs> and, like, immediately, like, you totally get what he's going for. Like, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if I get this guy on Twitter, that's going to be the end for him. <laughs> and, like, I laugh yeah. for, like, a solid minute at that. I thought that was so, that yeah. was, like, the perfect delivery idea. of that joke. I like it. So the whole thing, there's two things <laughs> I really like about this movie. It's one of those movies that could very dangerously get into the fuck millennials category, like, super easily. Right. Like, they're change three things that's what this movie is but they don't do that and the way that they do that is that yeah present day seth rogan is an app developer and they actually treat that like a real job he's actually making right. a useful app he's actually yeah, like, no, putting totally. effort and like doing so like they treat it like it's not a throwaway goof like oh i'm an app developer i made an app called spoof <laughs> and you get to buy fart puddles with it haha and you can spoof <laughs> right. your friends like it's not that it's like i genuinely have an idea for an app and i'm genuinely making it and it genuinely takes time this is genuinely my job and it's like cool i like yeah. that yeah no uh, it's but cool also, and like he has like a really good idea for an film, app i was just gonna say he has like a really good idea for an app that I was like, I, yeah. I, would, I would get this. Is there an app like this? Like, what? Yes, I'd be this app, in this that app idea. is a thing, Jackson. <laughs> what is it? It's an app that scans barcodes and tells you if the company is ethical or not. There's one that tells you the percentage of slave labor that is used. I know that much. Well, I'm trying to ask you what it is specifically because I want to get it. I don't know the name. I know it exists. <laughs> okay. So I'm sure if you looked at it on the app right. store, you would find it. <laughs> okay. But um, through the events of the plot, <laughs> young Seth Rogen, Rogen, Jesus, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, gets arrested and it, like, totally ruins his app because it's all about, like, the eth- like the ethics of, like, what you're purchasing and then, like, him yeah. having a record is unethical and blah, 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 which is really interesting. But I love it where yeah. his first idea is to just take the app and just, like, change the aesthetic so it's, like... Take it from a criminal, fuck cops, here's yeah. what's ethical. It's just really funny. And he changes the thing where he goes, this kale fucks. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And there's that line where yeah. he's texting Yorma Tacone where he's like, new pitch, I could be the bad boy of ethics. And I think that's the funniest yeah. <laughs> string of words I've ever heard. I think that's so good. No, I really like this kale fucks. That's way yeah, funny. <laughs> this, this kale fucks is really good too. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Uh, I think my my biggest like big picture like plot beef with this movie 
is that I'm never mm-hmm. sure if people at large understand that Seth Rogen is the like why everybody doesn't know Seth Rogen as the guy from a hundred years ago who just came to life. Because yeah, obviously kind of that would be a huge deal. Do. Yeah, like obviously yeah. that would be a huge deal, but whether or not people recognize him or know anything about him seems to just depend entirely on whether or not that's helpful to the plot, you know? Yeah, what we want to happen. When it's, like, even on, like, the Twitter joke, where it's, like, if you start saying this shit on Twitter, you're gonna get cancelled. But, like, if he was from a hundred years ago, I feel like people would be, like, alright. Like, you know, like, they wouldn't, like, stand him, but they would, like, at least have the understanding that this isn't coming right, from the yeah. modern perspective, you know? It's like when Grandpa yeah. says something racist, and you're like, hey, Grandpa, don't do that. It's literally um, what that is, but instead that's... Right. Know. But then when they start trying to track him down to get him deported, they're like, a hundred-year-old blah 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 gets his thing thrown away, so he has to leave now. And there's that right. really funny shot where they're talking about the archaic system for his, like, records. There's just this box that just says Jews on it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> really funny. Really they're talking about, like, trying to, like, look up his paperwork from back in the day, and they're like, because of the yeah. old Ellis Island system, they, like, cut to some guys in a room with a big suitcase that just has the word Jews written on it. That they're, like, shuffling through and, like, shrugging their shoulders. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, um, there's... Oh, shoot, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Um... Oh, and I just, I think in general, the other big time Obama administration vibe I get from this is where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, he becomes like a weird alt, like Republican figure. And he like says all this sexist bullshit on TV and everyone's like, oh, this guy's bad news. He's going to get deported for racism. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, what is that? Like, that is something that we would yeah, only no. accept as being a real event like six years ago, you know? <laughs> He doesn't get deported for racism. He gets deported for being anti-Christian, which... I guess. I don't know why they Seth Rogen thinks that 100% of people are Christian, because... Yeah. They're not. It's, <laughs> I, it's, I, I, I mean... Because he gets, he gets up at that event and talks, and he's spewing all the sexist, like, stuff, and, like, decking on his backwards talk, and then, like... A hundred percent of the audience is Christian. It gets pissed off when he says that thing. Like it's the year nineteen fifty, right. and everyone is Christian. Like it just—it was weird. Right. Yeah, but uh, the, it's fine because it helps the plot. But it does not feel right. like twenty twenty at all. But yeah, there's just a certain amount of naivety to be like, oh, this guy sucks, and because he sucks, there would probably be consequences, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but then they even okay, make the yeah, joke sure. at the end where he's like, I said something terrible, so I can never, like, I can never be, like, a businessman, I can never be, like, famous and successful ever again. And then Seth Rogen goes, nah, dude, you're totally fine, which is a funny joke, <laughs> right. because corruption and how horrible the world is. But that, like, that one joke does not match the energy of the rest of the film. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, The, um... Sorry, one moment. Oh, I... Just to to go through the... the, um, Oh, and another bit... We've gone through all the funniest bits, but the other bit that really made me laugh was the one where Seth Rogen says that thing about polio arm, and then... Yeah. Young Seth Rogen is like, oh, you know, we cured polio. Like, it's not even really a thing anymore. And old Seth Rogen is like, ah, I, I knew we would. I, I totally got the feeling. I was like, we could get, we could cure polio. And young Seth Rogen's like, 
cool. <laughs> Glad you knew that there was a cure for polio. No, you're missing the best just, part of the really joke where he too. goes, was he Jewish? And he goes, yeah, he was Jewish. And he goes, yes, knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. One of the things that I think this movie remarks on that I think is sort of not something we talk about a lot is like this sort of like we don't do like angry rivalries with other cultures in the same way that we did back in the old days, you know, like in the olden days, it would be like, Oh, the Polish, fuck the Polish. We're from whatever neighboring country to Poland and they suck. Like, I don't know. I guess people always talk about like China and Japan like that, but it's like, it feels like that's not something we do anymore. Like, obviously, yeah. we, like, criticize other countries, like, political structures and, like, have adversarial relationships with them on the world stage or whatever. But it's not but like it's not I meet a... it's not fun anymore. Well, it's not like I meet a Russian guy and I'm like, oh, Russian guy? I don't know. Like, America and Russia don't get along. We probably should fight. You know, like, it just doesn't... It doesn't work like that anymore, you know? That's, like, just a little yeah. cultural thing that I feel like... Miss it. I mean, I don't know. It's well, I don't miss it. I'm just saying, like, it's like an interesting wrinkle that we don't like talk about very much. It's just interesting yeah. to think about. Well, that he's immediately like, oh, the Cossacks, and he goes and punches that guy. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that yeah. and also, I feel like the, um, like I feel like the joke where he's like, was he Jewish? Like, it's really important to him that he knew that it was a Jewish guy who cured polio. Is less like a hooray mm-hmm. for us like this is my pride of being jewish it's more like score one Mm -hmm. jews like polish go fuck yourselves we got this one you know like it feels more like an adversarial sort of attitude than like a a pride attitude yeah i don't know because like that's like what the whole whole ass cold war was was just that and that i don't know I'm glad that one away. I can't tell you why it did. I think it was kind of the (laughs) internet, maybe. Like, the fact that we all kind of got extremely easily connected, and we're like, oh, all these things are really stupid. Why am I mad at you? (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. I think the take of, like... like what if a what if a guy came back from a hundred years ago and being like he would probably become like a fucking dangerous alt right figure? It's like, yeah, you're probably right. Like on accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I just buy that. I think it's kind of yeah. funny and it's an interesting thought experiment. Um, yeah. Well, it's, what's the joke? Is they're always like, oh, George Washington would like would freak out if he saw the state that the country was in right now, like the government politics, and someone's always like. George Washington would freak the fuck out over a hair dryer. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and it's like, the yeah. Bar is and, low. you know, <laughs> ideologically and big picture, like, yeah, he probably would, but he would probably, one of the things that he would think was bad about it was how many black people were involved in it, also. So it's yeah, like, yeah, and how you many know. women were here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to just point fathers. out. Not a lot of them are cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to point out that, like, the dual Seth Rogen performances feels totally seamless in this movie. Like, I totally... Like, you don't notice it. I wasn't even thinking about it most of the time. And it's just, like, cool and it totally works. when he, like, shaved his beard and was pretending to be the other one. Then I... It got weird. I don't like that at all. First of all, I mean... Yeah. This is... We're getting into, like, the third act of the movie now. 
And this movie did yeah. just come out today as we're recording. This movie has the most meandering plot of all time. We're just yeah. like doing well, I don't think it's thing. Well, I mean, it's a fairly simple three-act structure. Act one is like, oh, check it out. Here's this guy from the past. Act two is like, he's going to try to sell pickles. Uh, or he's going to like do a bunch of stuff and young Seth Rogen's going to try to sabotage him. And the third act is mm-hmm. like, oh, now uh, young Seth Rogen's in Pinsk. Whatever the made-up country is called. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it's like that whole third act. So, but anyway, as I was saying, this is a very new movie, and if you haven't seen it and you are and you want to see it, which you should, it's 90 minutes. There's fucking eight minutes of credits in this movie for some reason. So, yeah. like, it's like an 82-minute movie. It's worth a watch. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't want spoilers, it's cool if you just, like, bounce. Um but, uh, by the time, (laughs) (laughs) right. Um, but like at the point where it's like, oh, he like really quickly shaves his beard and cuts his hair to look exactly like the other one while they're in the woods. It's like, I don't know what was going on there just on a moment to moment basis. I didn't get that. But also like, I buy the gag of them being played by the same actor when one of them has a huge beard and the other one's mostly clean shaven and they have like different hairstyles and stuff. Because in yeah. that context, there's a little bit of plausible deniability. You know, it's like they don't look exactly yeah, the like, same. Yeah. It's like great grandfather, great grandson. Like, sure, I believe it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you could kind of believe that, like, oh, if he like shaved his beard, like you would see the difference. Or like if he wasn't wearing a hat all the time, you could tell there was like a difference mm-hmm. between them two because they're not the same person, obviously. Um, yeah. But then when like that becomes essential to the plot that they're identical, like they're fucking Jeffrey Tambor in Arrested Development. Yeah. It's like, I don't. Yeah. I don't get this. <laughs> like, why are they identical? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and it, it's kind of a joke. They're kind of making fun of, like, offen- of defense attorneys, offense attorneys? Making fun of lawyers, where yeah. they go into that scene. And he's like, am I to believe that this is a different person just because he shaved his beard? And he, like, brings up the picture of Charles Manson, like, with a beard Which and without a funny. beard. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. But it aggravated me, because I'm like, okay, <laughs> but it's... Legally, they are two different people, and I get <laughs> right. what you're saying that just because he shaved his beard, you can't say that he's not that guy anymore. But this is a person that exists, and we are claiming that this is the different. Per- it was just like stupid, and it just made me yeah. mad. But it's there's also just no reason that they're identical. Like, yeah, it's just, it just, <laughs> it just that, that was like the thing that weirded me out the most. Um, yeah. But like, but like I said, this movie is way more like just genuinely heartwarming than it is funny. Like, yeah, very beginning that we have like him like meet his wife Sarah, and that whole thing is just straight up cute, great right. like relationship, great love story. Uh, then you have like just like him like being with his grandson in the first act is just really cute and sweet, and he's like showing him like the water steam the water. Right, yeah. And they're just, like, having fun. And, like, he plays the music. They both dance. And, like, he's, like, dancing, like, the old-fashioned way. Like, it's cute. It's just genuinely really cute. Right. I mean, look, here's here's my big take about it. I mean, obviously it's great and it's cute. But, like, if I were really meeting a guy from 1920, I would have, like, a very strictly tiered list of, like, what concepts to introduce him to first. Like... 
Seth yeah. Rogen shows up in this one and is just like, oh, check this shit out. It's an iPad. It has apps on it. You're like, don't start there. Yeah. Like, you gotta, like, build a foundation worst, in order to make this work. the worst place to start. Well, yeah. I mean, just, like, I kind of like that this movie kind of ignores the joke of, like, the guy doesn't understand what a microwave is and he's gonna freak out and try to break it. Like, I like how we skip right. over that. And he's just, like... He, like, he doesn't understand all this stuff, but he understands that it's, like, newer technology, so he just kind of goes yeah. with it. Like, I like yeah, that he's perspective out. way more, because, like... Yeah. Like, if I went to the future in 100 years, and they were like, here, here, here's a thing, I'd be like, oh, cool, a thing, what does it do? I wouldn't be like, a thing? I'm gonna throw it at <laughs> right. the wall! Like, yeah. I like that we just don't do that at all. Yeah, he's stupid. freaked out, but he's still intelligent, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. There's, um, so if you, this is, I'll give a throw it to you. You're meeting a guy from 1918, just woke up today. Like you meet him, you're in the hospital room, right? What do you say? Where do you start? I think I would start, 1918, I would probably start with cars, because I think that would make the most sense and would help them learn about other things. It's like, right. you know, and like, that's like the first thing you're going to you, see when you walk outside and it's probably going to freak yeah, you out. Yeah, because you have like the Model T and I'm going to say so. And because cars still look like cars, even if they're not the Model T, you know, like the same right. four wheel stealing wheel, like cars look like cars. So I'd be like, all right, this uh-huh. is Model T. It turned into this thing. There's a bunch of different kinds. And then I feel like you could use that logic with, like, everything else. Like, it used to look like this, and now right. it looks like this. So, like, show an evolution of ideas, you know? And, yeah, like, a hundred years ago is, like, a good... Did you want me to make a joke? Because I didn't have one. <laughs> no, I just think this is interesting to think about. I think 1918 yeah. is, like, a great place because you could be like, okay, you know, like, what a car is. You know, like, what yeah. telegrams are. You have a good grasp of, like, electricity. You know electricity. what a stereo is. Yeah. So I would be like, okay... So, first things first, the battery. Electricity can yeah. be portable now. That's an important thing to mention, I feel like. Yeah. So, it's like, that's how all these things are happening. It's because we can, like, store electricity in little things and that can power things. Yeah. And it's like, you know the telegram. Well, first we made it so that instead of just dashes, we could do, like, actual sound and voices. And then also... We made it do a lot more than that. Like, this is the telegram also, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, then we just went crazy. <laughs> but I feel like genuinely, I think, like, talking about, like, the social politics would be, like, day one stuff. You would have to, like, really. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, walk them through it. Um, not just in the sense that, like, yo, black people are cool now. Be like, okay. So, like, here's how this progressed since you died. Right. Like, yeah. women got the right to vote. Just do a that quick you, little history lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you probably knew about the movement of women wanting to vote. That happens. Like, that's where we're starting. Yeah. And then, like, oh, you know, here's the American Wars, and here's how culture has evolved since What's then. What's that and- joke? From Night at the Museum, where you have the, you have, like, the mannequins in the Civil War, and you have, in the Civil War outfits, you have the Union, the Confederacy, and then at one point, Ben Stiller just goes, Civil War guys, the Union won, why are you still fighting? Your brothers, <laughs> like, I feel like it's that. Yeah. <laughs> just have that conversation. It's just like, I don't know, it's so interesting to think about, just like, how would you make somebody understand yeah. the world, you know? Yeah. 
I always say, my thing is, I don't want to bring someone back from the past. Like, I feel like if you get George Washington and I showed him Animal Crossing on the Switch, he won't <laughs> right. have any understanding or any appreciation for what that is. But if I took someone who has just purchased Mario 64... And right. then I show them Animal Crossing on the Switch. They will have an appreciation and an understanding right. of, like, what that means and, like, how far that thing has progressed. Right, yeah. That it would be, like, crazy and blow their mind, but they would have an understanding and appreciation other right. than just having no basis of understanding. Totally. Because, yeah, if you showed George Washington your Switch, you would just be like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know what that <laughs> like, is. I don't get it. It's, um, like when you, it's when you show your dog your iPhone. They don't know what that is. Yeah. It's like they just don't have the capacity to understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's it's so interesting because they like, there's so much pathos in old Seth Rogen in the first act of this movie. Oh, yeah. Which is why it becomes so interesting when he starts saying all this like horrible bullshit in the second act. Because yeah. you know well, you exactly know who he is and, like, what his perspective from. is. Yeah, like, you get it. Yeah. And it's, like, it's weird because, like, the thing that they highlight the most is not racial stuff, but, like, uh, like feminism stuff. Um, yeah. Which is... Because the reality of, like, what he's talking about, he's always like, oh, I think women should stay home and do chores because it's the men's job to do whatever. And it's, like... I mean, in 1920, in Europe... Like, that wasn't, I mean, it was obviously still a form of systemic oppression, but it wasn't something that people oh, yeah. were, like, actively fighting against. And the women he knew and the women well, he interacted with never had a problem with that, with that, Well, we you know, even see how, strata. like, shitty his job is, where he's getting paid to squish rats. Of course he doesn't want yeah. his wife to be doing that. Like, working <laughs> right, sucks. Yeah. And I get paid two cents a day and I might die. Why would I want my <laughs> wife to do that? Yeah. And, like... I think yeah. the the most interesting thing about this whole fish out of water premise, because like you said, he's mm-hmm. pretty he's pretty quick when it comes to like okay apps and music and cars and whatever. He's like I, I'm getting the hang of it. The thing that he never mm-hmm. quite grasps is like just the value of the things around him, you know? Because yeah. like it's not even like an inflation thing. It's like just a total cultural upheaval thing, you know? It's like mm-hmm. oh you've got. chairs and stuff like you must be very wealthy it's like well no everybody's got chairs Mm -hmm. nowadays like we've all chairs are around um yeah and it's like (laughs) just that weird thing where he's like i mean that's a weird example because they did have chairs but you know what i mean though it's like simple things like used to be luxurious he's like socks and shoes and he just there's that moment where he just a they're like, oh, I want to take down that billboard. So they're like, well, it would cost like $200,000. He's like, do you not have $200,000? He's like, no, yeah. I don't have $200,000. <laughs> no, I do it's not. Like, it's like the opposite of the classic inflation joke. Like, he yeah. like overestimates <laughs> inflation rather than not knowing yeah. it's a thing. Um, which, I don't know, I think is like cool and interesting. This whole movie is just like a fun thought experiment. Seth Rogen being yeah. goofy. It's funny. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I've had, let me check my notes. If I write Because, yeah, the third act of this movie is weird. It is. I do like the conversation we have about, like, 
reconnecting with religion after loss, especially when it's, like, a thing that you do with your parents and when you're, like, on your own. Like, right. I like that subplot. We're getting to that conclusion at mock speeds. This third act <laughs> right, is, like, yeah. maybe ten minutes long. <laughs> like, we gotta... We 90 minutes, we got 10 left, let's go. Like, that's right. the last third act of this movie. And, like, yeah, I really like it's... the things that we do. Like, the the reconciliation is really nice. Like, the kind of... The whole movie, I'm waiting for them to team up and for him to, like, make him an app for his pickles. And we finally do that at the end of the movie. Like, the very, very end of the movie. I like right. the conversation that we have about, like honoring your family through your work and like he's not being lazy he's being cautious because he wants to honor his family and like just the whole like him like doing the prayers again and kind of like finally like actually mourning his parents so, like in using right. religion as a way to mourn like i really right. like that that whole all yeah. of those things but we're just going <laughs> right. like we so don't plot... have time we gotta go right so the plot is old seth rogan becomes a weird alt-right figurehead and then he gets deport no he is threatened to they're trying to deport him he so young seth rogan tries to help him escape to canada but on the way Mm -hmm. there old seth rogan shaves his beard and cuts his hair instantaneously for reasons that i still can't quite figure out uh, yeah, don't worry about it. So now they look identical, and he frames young Seth Rogen. So mm-hmm. young Seth Rogen gets sent to old Seth Rogen's home country, gets deported. And while he's there, he has this very harrowing experience where he's, like, seeing poverty because it's still, like, this, like, you know, small European nation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he meets with these old Jews in the synagogue and they like talk to him and he like says a prayer and he like reconnects because that's sort of a thing earlier is like old Seth Rogen is like really passionate about his religion and his Judaism, but new Seth Rogen's like lives in Brooklyn and he's not really into that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, in the third act, it's like this reversal where he's like sort of giving himself over to like the religion of his heritage, you know, and it's interesting and it's cool, but it's also weirdly sweaty and, like, doesn't quite all the way make logical sense. But ideologically, it's yeah. sound. I don't know. And that's all you it's really good. need, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, what's up? Anything on the chat we should be keeping an eye on? No, nobody has said anything in the chat. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Um... Uh, hmm. I do really like another funny joke is when old Seth Rogen gets onto like that, like that talk show where it's like the behind the man kind of talk show. And he's just like, I don't know what's happening. What is that? What's going on? And he's like, (laughs) yeah, what's going on with the country and politics (laughs) and the first amendment. And then while Seth Rogen is just going like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. Just like, like, (laughs) that's just like the whole scene, but it's very funny. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's an interesting... I want to talk about um, Seth Rogen as a guy for a little while. Because his career yeah. is very interesting to me. what's up with him. So, I mean, he was like a... Not like a child actor, but like a young teen actor for a really long time. Because mm-hmm. he, you know, he was on Freaks and Geeks and he was in Donnie Darko. And, like, eventually he sort of, oh, like, found this... And he found this niche in, like, stoner movies, and he just became this, like, 
I mean, the joke impression is just being like, shit, my weed! You know, he was, like, doing that for a really long time. And, like, doing comedies with James Franco and, like, he sort of, like, Adam Sandler style had, like, this posse of people that was always, like, Mm -hmm. that he always worked with and always had on his movies. Which is partially interesting because the guy who directed this movie, uh, this was his first directorial feature. But he was the mm-hmm. the DP, the cinematographer, on, like, a whole bunch of other Seth Rogen movies. Um, oh, gotcha. And it's interesting because he... Because Seth Rogen and Zac Efron have been working together a lot lately, too. Um, and mm-hmm. he has been the DP on a lot of different Seth Rogen and also Zac Efron projects, which I think is really interesting. That, like, he's yeah. this behind-the-scenes talent who's been, like, so weirdly tied to, like, actors that he likes to work with. Um but that's the thing about mm-hmm. Seth Rogen is that, like, he's doing a lot of writing and producing work lately. Like, that's where he's been mm-hmm. doing the majority of his best stuff lately. And I think it's really interesting. Um, let me look specifically really quickly. Because he had that show on Hulu called Future Man that he wrote and produced. He produced Good Boys... Which was fine. It was a decent movie. Yeah. One sec, one sec, one sec. Yeah, he was a producer on Disaster Artist. Um, he was behind... I guess he's... I guess he's been a producer on a lot of the movies that he's been in. Even in his, like, stoner comedy days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just always... He's always seemed like the kind of person who is a lot more intelligent than he lets on in his, like, on-screen persona, you know? Yeah. Well, because didn't he also do that comedy about going to North Korea? What was that movie called? Mm. Uh, The Interview. Which was, like, this weird... That was, like, a weirdly genius, like, business decision. Just to be, like, North Korea's super trigger-happy about American media right now. If we just made a movie Mm -hmm. that was, like, what if we farted on Kim Jong-un? It was like that. Would be, yeah. That would probably warrant some kind of response from North Korea, and it would be a huge headline, yeah. and everybody would be talking about it for months. Like that is just yeah. such a genius idea. Like yeah. regardless I mean, of whatever yeah, from that perspective, it's a weird. I mean, I don't know. There's probably plenty of like political realities to unravel in that, but just from like the idea of being yeah. a producer trying to make a movie is fucking genius. Um, yeah, but. Because of that movie, I never knew where he stood, like, politically without, like, following right. him on Twitter or whatever. I don't know yeah. where he stands, like, on the spectrum of politics because of that movie. That movie makes me think he learns right, but then this movie makes me think he leans left, so, like, I don't know. Why? Do you th- what, do you, what do you mean? Because he was speaking what? ill of Kim Jong-un? Well, no, it's just, I don't know, something about that movie. I guess it just seemed more like making fun of North Korea than it did making fun of Kim Jong-un, if that makes any sense. And those are, like, two very different things. Yeah. It's like... Um, But Seth Rogen... (laughs) Seth Rogen pulls this move on Twitter a lot that I think is so fascinating. Where whenever people are saying racist bullshit about, like, something he's involved with or, like, to him or to a movie he's in. He just goes on, he leaves Mm -hmm. this comment that says, like, hey, fucking don't watch my movies anymore. You don't have my permission. I don't want you to watch them anymore. 
because you suck and oh, I yeah. hate you and I'm fundamentally opposed to you watching any movie that I'm involved with. And it's like, that's nothing. Yeah. That's like, but like, if Seth Rogen said that to you, you would literally yeah. <laughs> would never be able watch to it? watch. Yeah. It's not even like, because obviously you'd be like, oh, whatever. I could do whatever I want. I'm going to watch Pineapple Express. You can't tell me not to. But you yeah. would think about that every single time. Every single time Seth well, Rogen yeah. appeared in anything, you would always be like, he told me to go fuck myself and that I wasn't allowed to be doing this. That would never leave you, yeah. you know? That's yeah. such a weirdly... For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weirdly biting thing to do. Like, you will just never leave that person's mind ever again after yeah. something like that. Oh, I did cry when he watched that old video, like, at his graduation. That got me, and I'm upset that it got oh, me. Oh, yeah. Where his parents are, like, there's, like, just vid- watching the video of him, like, after his graduation ceremony, and there's this home video of his yeah. parents, like, handing him a check and being, like, this is an investment. And you just get the vibe. It's probably not very much, but it, like, means a lot to Seth Rogen, and he's, like, tearing up a little yeah. bit. You're, like, oh, man, that rules. And... Yeah, yeah I don't know. Really I mean, like I said, I hate it. <laughs> like I said, this movie's not like about anything specific. It's just sort of like no. It's you know it it feels like a short story written for the New Yorker, which it was. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. you know, here's this thing. It goes a lot of different places. It's kind of like Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It's just like it touches on a lot of different ideas, and it's kind of a thought experiment. But it does have you know some meaning. And some mm-hmm. some ideas in it that you can think about and you know explore at your leisure, but it's not it's not like it doesn't have like a thesis. It's just like you know, yeah. Stuff stuff's crazy. An idea. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a cool precedent to set because I feel like when people try to make movies out of short stories, they feel like they have to like completely change the short story in order to like fit it into like the structure of a movie. Right. Whereas short stories can be kind of free form and kind of meandering and just kind of like talking about whatever they want to be talking right. about. I don't know. I think that would be. I I wish more movies were like this. Like I would. I think that's a cool precedent to set with like when you're yeah. When you're turning a, a short story into a movie, you can keep it kind of in that same short story kind of format and still make right, it a movie. Yeah. And I shouldn't I shouldn't speak too much about it because I haven't read the short story. I'm assuming yeah. it. What I am saying, though, is that it does very much feel like a short story in the ideas it presents and the type of and the way it's presenting them. And yeah. I'm I'm assuming a lot about this movie is very I'm assuming that this movie is very faithful to the short story, um, not yeah. only because it just feels because that way, but also be? because the writer of the short story was a writer on the movie and a producer on the movie. And he was like very much involved. So yeah. I'm assuming that they're pretty similar to each other in terms of like, you yeah. know, like what Maybe like specific events or like change, but like same things happen. Yeah. You know what Seth Rogen's good in? Kung Fu Panda. He, who, remind me <laughs> who he plays. I want you to guess. Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Mantis. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Let's see. Let's take a look at Seth Rogen. And that's the weird thing about this movie is that there's not really... Let's look at Seth Rogen. There's not really any other, like, actors in it. 
Like, no. 90% of we the movie go, is, we like, We just got Seth Rogen twice. We don't need anybody yeah. else. And it's, like, you've got Yorma Tacone who plays the, like, the sort of, like, venture capitalist investor. Um, yeah. And you've got the woman who plays his wife at the beginning in the old country. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's kind of it. I don't know. And... Yeah. It's interesting. It's kind of cool. I, I think that... I feel like there's a very easy version of this where it's like, you know, oh, he comes back from the past and, or he, I guess he jumps into the present from the past and he helps his great grandson get a girlfriend and learn to stick up for himself and like, you know, teaches him a little bit of about manliness and the old times, you know, and like helps him get a leg up. Yeah, and Zac Efron is there. (laughs) And there's like a little bit of that, but it's not like what the movie's about, you know? Yeah. I do. And I think it's interesting because yeah. there's that bit where he's like, oh, you know, in old country, we just, you throw punch. If you don't throw punch, then you're not a, not a real man. You have polio arm. And he's like, okay, fuck it. Yeah, whatever. I'll send the email. That's my throwing a punch. I'll just fucking do it. Whatever. And at first it yeah. seems like that's going to fix everything, but then it still kind of doesn't. And it's like, oh, is this really as valuable as it seems on the surface? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, there's a movie it's a it's a weird line to toe of like like having these two very different mentalities from two very different time periods and like comparing them to each other and weirdly not just trying to be like you it, it's hard to not pick a winner basically it's like oh right. new times are better or old times are better because both are yeah. kind of rude and diminish each other when you say that one is <laughs> right. better than the other instead of saying that one grew from the other and you have to appreciate dif- differences, you know? Like, I like... Yeah. I think this movie handles that really well. Like like I said, it could have so easily been fuck millennials, just be a real man. Like, we were in the 20s when we would hit women. Like, it could so right. easily have been that and it wasn't. Yeah. And, like, there's... I watched Stuber recently, which is a much... yeah more nihilistic movie than I was expecting it to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's something, there's something almost like Michael Bay-esque about it where Dave Bautista plays this cop who's like shooting up drug dealers and like torturing people and like doing whatever it takes to blah, blah, blah. But he also has this strained mm-hmm. relationship with his daughter. And then Dave Bautista is like Shia, or, and then Kumail Nanjiani is like Shia LaBeouf in Transformers where he's just like this, like, castrated beta male dude who has a crush on this girl yeah. and he can't, like, vocalize it. And then, like, as they as they interact with each other and become begrudging friends, they sort of learn, like, mm-hmm. oh, neither of these is really the right way. You gotta kind of meet in the middle somewhere between being assertive and masculine and being a soy boy. A like, there's a balance somewhere in between, you know? Yeah. It's like, I guess, like, fine, that's... I, I suppose. Like, whatever. These um, feel like two toxic masculinity standards, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. I guess. Um, but, like, and I feel like there's a version of this that could be sort of a version of that. It's like, oh, Seth Rogen's this, like, fucking whiny little app developer. He's never worked a hard day in his life. He just hangs out in his Brooklyn apartment and yeah. listens to fucking Tame Impala all day. And then Seth Rogen yeah. is fucking all old time i dig ditches i'm huge and i'll fight people and i get what i want but and then they like learn to accept each other and like find out that like the real best way to do things is somewhere in the middle like not quite 
they have to not work quite modern, together. but not quite old fashioned either. And I like that, like at the end of this movie, neither character is really like neither character has their like worldview overthrown. You know, like yeah. they both they both change, but like only a little bit. It's like just a little bit of a of a chipping yeah. away at him, you know? They're not, like, learning lessons like... from each other. They're just, like, character interactions yeah. resulting in character changes, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like Seth... Old Seth Rogen kind of learns not to be on Twitter, if that makes any sense. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. He just kind of... I don't know. Cause it, again, like we said, the situation is not applicable to any situation. So, like, any lesson that he learns is not applicable to anything else because yeah. no one else has been teleported from 100 years in the past. But, like, yeah. I don't know, he kind of learns that he can't say American everything culture. that he wants to say. And I think that's enough right. of a lesson for him to learn. Right. But it speaks to American culture. Just because it's not a lesson that's you can take said. away, it makes you stroke your chin and go, hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's a wry look at American culture through the eyes of... A man from 1920. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen does it. Twice. Seth Rogen yeah, two, two times. different times. Four, four eyeballs from Seth right. Rogen. We, we talked, speaking of Stuber, we talked for a while yeah. about having like a stealth, like Dave Bautista fan cast, like yeah. <laughs> strain on this podcast being like, we're all in a yeah. Dave Bautista. We're going to cover every Dave Bautista movie that comes out as it comes out. But yeah, eventually we sort of realized that like Dave Bautista doesn't have like a whole lot of projects lined up and all the projects he does have no. lined up. We're like almost definitely going to cover anyway. So it's like, it wouldn't really be that funny if we did that. It's like, yeah, we're probably no. going to do Dune when it comes out. Like, obviously we're going to talk about <laughs> Dune. <laughs> like, there's not yeah, much there's else. No... Although I do think it would there's be no fun to go back. Yeah, it would be fun to go back and cover a whole bunch of his pre-Guardians of the Galaxy roles, though. Yeah, that would like, be fun. all his weird straight-to-DVD movies and, like, Scorpion King sequels and stuff. Just be like, let's yeah. see. Let's see how God, Dave Bautista has grown. Can we watch all the Scorpion King movies? <laughs> we can finish up Star Wars and then we'll do Scorpion King. Yeah, we always we'll said we wanted to do... and then Scorpion King. We always said we wanted to do Planet of the Apes after Star Wars, but maybe Scorpion King's a better yeah. way to go. Because I got a lot of opinions about Planet of the Apes because I love them so much, but I've also right. said those opinions before. <laughs> but it'd be fun to go but, back yeah. and do the old ones. I want to do all the Planet of the yeah. Apes. Oh, like all of them? Yeah, we could do that. Including the Mark Wahlberg one. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't um, realize. Yeah. Um... Dude, I we, we should watch we, we did the a, Mark We Wahlberg did a full hour. Games. We're good. <laughs> well, but we did have to cut out. Let's just keep it going for a little bit longer, like two or three minutes longer. I just want to make sure we, we hit an hour after I cut episodes. out all the other That's stuff. That's fine. No, 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 no. We're just vibing. Just have, just have naturally short episodes. You know, it's like we we said our piece. We chilled. We vibed. Yeah, and we're okay, done. Fine. We did it. Fine. Go team. We did it. We okay, all got a force. Chill vibes. We did. We set our. I'm piece. gonna record. We I'm gonna record extra stuff later. Multiplied Seth Rogen by two. We did everything we wanted to do. We learned. We loved. We talked about Seth Rogen twice. You know what we should have done. You know what we should have done for the what? intro. We should have been what? like, "Oh, I'm Jackson McMurray," and you could be like, "Oh, and I'm 
your goal, McMurray, now from the old country. I am also Jackson McMurray. <laughs> I am Jackson McMurray from old country. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been that would have been good. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, as we wrap this up, I guess I haven't um, looked at. We'll see if I. I'll look for a minute to see if I can find a review. We'll see though. Oh, there might not be. Because this is one of the situations where it's like the movie came out today, and there probably That's aren't going to be that many hilarious reviews yet. But we'll see. Uh, oh, you know what doesn't happen in this movie? Everyone was like, oh, and is there going to be a scene where young Seth Rogen shows old Seth Rogen weed for the first time? He doesn't. It doesn't happen. Oh, it didn't happen. Doesn't smoke weed at all. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like the stigma that comes with weed is kind of as new as weed is. (laughs) So, like, if you, like, showed it over... Like, here's weed. It's a thing that you smoke. They'd be like, tight, I got tobacco. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds sounds like... (laughs) It's like we take opiates Sounds all the time. Sounds like the logical progression. Yeah, there's cocaine yeah. in our soda. Like, it's whatever. Yeah, that would be a thing you'd have to tell opioids. them day one. It's like, hey, cocaine's not cool There's anymore. no longer coke and cocaine. <laughs> cocaine and coke. What? <laughs> you know those sweet, that sweet, awesome, like, cure-all tonic that's called Coca-Cola <laughs> that you love so much? We made it worse probably it probably <laughs> tasted better when it had cocaine in it right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i guess there's only one way to know i wonder if you could dig you up that old it, recipe like, if a, a person like drank like water coke could be like this tastes like shit <laughs> this doesn't taste someday, good anymore <laughs> someday i want to have a platform big enough that we could like you know make the connections necessary to like have a have a taste test like under government surveillance where they're like it's cool we're looking at you yeah. you can do this just once where it's like old cocaine well, coca-cola like yeah i mean it wasn't a lot so adeline do you want to hear a one-star review of american pickle i do did you say no i said i do oh okay <laughs> no so I this don't. person gives this I don't movie want... This person gives this movie the lowest possible score. One half of one star. Gotcha. This is from Letterboxd.com. This person says, um, Seth Rogen with two Oscar-worthy performances. (laughs) Seth Rogen really be out here. Yeah, so I don't know know what this guy's deal is. Two Oscar-worthy performances in this one out of ten movie. (laughs) Is he being sarcastic? I guess. Who's to say? Did he hit the wrong button? Who's to we will say? Never, we will never know for certain. All we know... What this man was thinking. Is that... I mean, we really, truly, we don't know anything, honestly. Anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adelaide McMurray. And this is No Nerds Allowed. And there are no nerds allowed. I'm going to start giving my favorite movies once our reviews. And just glowing reviews. Adeline, Adeline, what do you think a person from a hundred move? What do you think a person from a hundred years ago would think of this movie, of American Pickle? Well, if they, they would just find it super relatable, like that's <laughs> they'd be me. like, yes.
that it me. I think that. Yes, Same. queen. I'm like that. <laughs> you dropped this I king. I would do that. That's what the person from the 20s you says. You dropped this king? But he's like from the year like 1700, so it's like actually a king. So, <laughs> Funny stuff. King? Is he a king? Did he drop he, this? Me? Did he drop this? I have to return this <laughs> to you my lordship. dropped this king. My lord. <laughs> my liege, you dropped, you dropped this. Okay, <laughs> Your stop crown. recording. Okay. <laughs>